0: Pittsburgh Steeler fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, Senior Editor of Behind the Steel with you for another episode of Let's Ride Your Monday, Wednesday, and Friday morning podcast. As a part of the Behind the Steel Curtain network of podcasts, thank you for joining me. It is Friday. We made it. Everyone made it. Congratulations. There has been a lot of stuff going on with the Pittsburgh Steelers who are at training camp at St. Vincent College. We'll give you an update here in a second. There's also some other news going on circulating around the National Football League that we need to address. First and foremost, something I spoke about on Wednesday. Let's get right into this. Let's not mess around, all right? So what... I talked about this on Wednesday, the Deshaun Watson ruling, which everyone knows six-game suspension was what the Judge Robinson had said in the recommendation, and what we found out on Thursday, I'm sorry, late Wednesday, and now on Thursday, they've actually appointed who's going to handle the appeal. The NFL did appeal, and signs are looking like this thing, this Cleveland Browns, Deshaun Watson, National Football League, this is not going away anytime soon. Uh, the, the NFL could absolutely give him a one-year uh, suspension. They could go for indefinite, and then the NFLPA is going to appeal that ruling, and therefore they are going to want to try to get it done in court. Everyone that is that knows way more about this than I do has already said this thing is going to probably head to federal court. It's going to be really interesting how this all plays out. But Deshaun Watson, six-game suspension, that is not for sure just yet. This is something I had said all along from BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, if you've been paying attention, that this story and this whatever this Judge Robinson said, and in this case a six-game deal, was not final until it goes back to Roger Goodell's desk. It is worth noting, though, that Roger Goodell is not the one that's going to be handling this particular appeal. They're, they actually assigned someone else to do that. Okay, enough to Sean Watson talk. The Steelers have also made some in-house moves, not so much in-house as in they are promoting someone from within, but a Pittsburgh named David Morehouse. If you're a Penguins fan like I am, when I heard David Morehouse was added to the Steelers front office in a new advisory role, I think it's called the advisor to the president. I I, I shook my head, David Morehouse I know David Morehouse from the Penguins, but that's not the same guy, is it? It is. He's a Pittsburgh guy. He went to Duquesne. And since he's no longer with the Penguins, the Steelers create this new role. He is going to be helping Art Rooney II and mainly working on this the Penguins brand. He did, I'm not the Penguins, he did that with the Penguins. He's going to be doing it with the Steelers now, working on that brand and making sure that it is the best that it can be. If you're someone that saw this and thought, oh, wow, maybe this means there's going to be more wins or losses. No, that is not what he's really doing with the, the Pittsburgh Steelers, but it is a name. David Morehouse, if you follow the Penguins, you should know that name. He is now a part of the Pittsburgh Steelers organization. Other news and injury news, Jeremy McNichols, yes, the running back that was signed that everyone was so excited about, former Tennessee Titan, who filled in for Derrick Henry last season. Yes, the Steelers get their guy. They finally get a guy that if Najee Harris were to go down, he can fill in, he can get the job done, and he's placed on injured reserve. And being placed on injured reserve means his season is over. It was a shoulder injury, and I know that when it happened, it was announced as a shoulder injury. Mike Tomlin said it needed needed further evaluation. This was not a situation like Chase Claypool where Tomlin said he would be deemed day-to-day. He said, we're going to need a further evaluation. Well, that came back, and injured reserve. And so now the Steelers are back at square one. They did make a signing, or they brought in another running back to fill that spot on the 90-man offseason roster roster. Rookie, an undrafted rookie, Master Teague the Third. And he is someone that went to Ohio State. So I'm gonna ask Jeremy Jerome Betts about him. He's a big Ohio State fan in the second half of this show. He should know more about this new running back. He was an undrafted rookie this past season and he was signed actually by the Chicago Bears. lasted only a few days before being waived, Uh, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens with that and the running back situation. It's something I was actually going to talk about the entire podcast, but then obviously the Deontay Johnson news broke, and I'm going to do that on Monday. Today, we're going to focus on the Deontay Johnson stuff in the first half. Before we get to that, though, I got to mention that the training camp updates, they're going to continue, and I'm going to do that here on my show Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So If you listened on Wednesday, I talked about how Mitch Trubisky has not been doing well He has not been getting the job done. He had a good practice on Wednesday, though. I have seven shots, was able to put the ball in the end zone a few times. They did the two-minute drill at the very end of practice. He was able to orchestrate a a scoring drive. Mason Rudolph, who was with the second string, he did what Mason Rudolph does. Folks, if you've been paying attention in in his tenure in Pittsburgh in the National Football League, what does he do? moves the team down the field can't punch it in in the red zone he did it against uh detroit last season he did it again in this drill i'm not saying that that can't change but it seems to be his mo at this point in his career he's not able to punch the ball in. kenny pickett is just doing what he's doing he seems to be getting more comfortable all reports from people that are at camp kt smith There on Thursday, I want to have him on maybe I'll get him on on Monday if our schedules align to talk about what the Steelers look like, how they looked in practice padded practice, uh, just all this stuff, you know, hey, let's also not forget. Talking about pads, Minka Fitzpatrick was taken off the NFI list, the non-football injury list, so that that wrist injury that kept him out for the first two weeks, it seems to be healed up enough that he's able to return to practice, so good for him. And the Steelers are hopefully going to start to get healthy. Chase Claypool should be returning soon. Pat Fryerme should be returning soon. You hope, fingers crossed, Levi Wallace is returning soon. Not to mention players like Larry Ogunjobi and Tyson Aluoglu. The Steelers are still nursing some serious injuries, but they have time. They have time, and I, I hope that everyone is ready for this Steelers team to not only be healthy but to be ready for the upcoming preseason three games, and also to be ready for the regular season. One face that return, and I always mentioned, I already mentioned the news surrounding him, and it's what we're going to talk about today. In a way, let me put that. Let me very make that very clear. In a way, it's Deontay Johnson. You know, I was going to talk about Deontay Johnson anyways. I was going to bring it up and how I felt that the contract negotiations between Deontay Johnson and the Steelers, man, that's tough. That is That that had to be unbelievably difficult on both sides. This is no gimme. This is not a T.J. Watt, Minka Fitzpatrick situation, even a Chris Boswell situation where you have the player, you have the team, and it's just the amount of, Hey, I think this is a good number. Here's your money. This guaranteed money, yada, yada, yada. No, this is Deontay Johnson probably looking at all these other contracts that were given out to DK Metcalf, Debo Samuel, Terry McLaurin, all these, all these players and saying, where's my money? So this player, meaning Deontay Johnson, he views himself in this way. However, the Steelers may look at him in a different way. It is, literally comes down to perception versus value. And so what I did, and I think a lot of fans, because we all know by now that Deontay Johnson signed a two-year extension, a two-year extension, so basically a new three-year contract, because he still had one year left on his rookie contract, and in that is $36.7 million, and $27 million of it is guaranteed. I'll say that again, two-year extension, thirty-six point seven total million, 27 of that is guaranteed money. So what I, did, what I did is a lot of fans out there said, how could Deontay Johnson with all the drops and all that stuff, how could he go in to any negotiating session with Omar Khan and the Steelers front office, Art Rooney II, if Mike Tomlin's there, whatever, and say, I demand the money of a Debo Samuel. I demand the money of of a DK Metcalf, and so what I did is I looked at their stats, because here's what Deontay Johnson had in his back pocket, the ace in the hole, so to speak. His agent had to say, oh, you don't think he's that type of player. Okay, let's look at stats from last season, and here, these are the actual statistics. Receptions, last year, I'm going to compare Deontay Johnson, Debo Samuel, to DK Metcalf. Receptions, total receptions, Deontay Johnson, 107. Debo Samuel 77 DK Metcalf 75 and now the haters out there the people that say this guy is no good he doesn't he's not worthy of the extension or or a new contract say well all those are short passes is that his fault tell me where that's Deontay Johnson's fault hey you give me the route to run I run the route you throw me the ball I catch the ball I do what I can with it that's not necessarily his fault so receptions Deontay Johnson far and away the best Let's go to yards. Okay, Debo Samuel led with 1,405. This is all receiving yards, obviously. Deontay Johnson with 1,161. DK Metcalf with just 967. So there's Deontay Johnson right up there. His agent's like, look, my guy's one. He's right there with these guys. And then you get to touchdowns. DK Metcalf led with 12. Deontay Johnson had eight. And Debo Samuel, six. They're different players. We're all understanding of that. DK Metcalf is the monster, straight line runner. He's just huge. To me, Debo Samuel reminds me more of Le'Veon Bell than anything else in terms of his ability to actually be a runner. They put him in the backfield and hand him the ball. That's different. Deontay Johnson is a different beast altogether. And so, Deontay Johnson, you look at his skill set. How does it mix up, match up with everything the Steelers want to do? He is a guy that would be great in Matt Canada's offense. Yeah, you want him to be more of a downfield player. In his first practice back, Thursday's practice, the training camp practice, the one-on-one drills, Akela Witherspoon, argue, I would not even say it's arguably probably the best coverage corner the Steelers have. Deontay Johnson toasts him down the sideline for a big touchdown. That's what this guy could potentially bring. And so this goes back to the negotiations. Again, Deontay Johnson's representative is saying, look, all these people that are doubting him, look at the numbers. He has numbers to back it up. And these aren't just contract numbers. These aren't just, oh, this is what Debo Samuel got, or oh, this is what DK Metcalf got, or anyone else that got a new contract that he feels like he's as good as or better. And so the Steelers have to say, man, they got a point. They got a point. And so this is where the title of the podcast came from. In my opinion, the the crux of all of this is Omar Khan. And that's why I said the wrath of Khan continues with this Deontay Johnson contract. Now, the wrath of Khan makes you think it's a negative. It's not. I'm not saying that at all. Omar Khan has been so impressive, in my opinion, this entire offseason. When you look at the contracts to people like Mitch Trubisky, and I know that Kevin Colbert was still in the mix. But it's an incentive laden contract. The Steelers, in their history, typically did not do those, and they said incentive laden contract. We're going to get him in the in the uh, get him on the organization. If he plays well, he'll win they get the money. If he doesn't, we don't miss a beat. Jukes Akorafor that contract. Everyone freaked out. Everyone freaked out with the three year contract to Jukes Akorafor. But when you look at the minutia of the deal, it's really a one year prove a deal. They can get out of it if he stinks. So I see Omar Khan all over those moves. And then once he gets hired as the GM, things change. Minka Fitzpatrick gets signed after minicamp well before the Steelers report to camp. Chris Boswell gets done in the early weeks of camp. And now Deontay Johnson's done. Guess what this means? It means that the Steelers don't have to worry about contracts heading into the regular season. They have their whole team ready. Now, injuries aside, financially, they don't have anyone that should be griping about their contract, holding in, holding out, disgruntled, whatever everyone's taken care of. So now what do you got to do? Get your team together, coach. Go out there and win some freaking football games. And as a GM, that's one of your main jobs. Go win some football games. When you look at the cap hits, now these are not uh, these are not Dave Schofield approved. I saw these on Twitter. A reliable source. Several sources kind of corroborated on this. Here are the cap hits for Deontay Johnson in these three years that he has this deal. In 2022, the cap hits $7.3 And <laughs> That's manageable. 2023, 13.8, and 2024, 18.5. Technically, in 2024, if he's played well, the last the previous two years, they could renegotiate. They could try to get another extension done and try to push some of that money Back into the end of the contract, which is obviously what they did with this deal. Omar Khan, I don't care what anyone says. You know, there are some people, mainly, I mean, Steeler fans sometimes are just loyal to a fault. And I said on Twitter that say what you want, you're not going to convince me that Omar Khan hasn't been a huge role, hadn't had a huge role in all of this going down in this way. That he hasn't been the main force saying, you know what, I'm going to do it my way. Kevin Colbert might have waited. He might have waited until the witching hour because maybe that's when they can save some money. Omar Khan might might be saying, "Hey, I want to get, I just want to get a deal done. I want to get a deal done so that it's over with, so that my head coach doesn't have to answer questions, so that the player can actually go out there and work, and so that the team can go out there and get the job done." Maybe that's what it is, but everyone says, "Oh, Kevin Colbert. He had Ben's contract to worry about. I don't care. I don't care." Omar Khan, working with what he has right now, has hit it out of the ballpark. Tremendous job by Omar Khan to get these deals done. This deal for Deontay Johnson—if you just want the nut, the, the basics of it—in my opinion—and you can say like Dave Schofield, he could dive into the 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 numbers way better than I can. It's fair for both sides. Deontay Johnson—he is the—he's ranked 17th now in terms of wide receivers and how they're paid. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Like I've said on this show before, no one would have Deontay Johnson in their top 10. No one would probably have them in their top 15, but he'd be in between 15 and 25. He's at 17. This makes sense. It's fair. It is a fair deal. Could he have held out longer? Sure. But you know what? It just speaks volumes again about Omar Khan that everyone that was reporting this, the NFL Network. Local beat reporters were saying they were really far apart. Omar Khan does a press conference, says we want Deontay here. We're going to do whatever it can to keep him here. They go to the negotiating table. Deontay Johnson's agent is at camp in person. Deal did's done. That tells me something, folks. Omar Khan's sample size is small, but I really, really like what I see. And so far, when you're, if you're asking yourself, did they make the right decision in terms of who they chose? To me, the answer is a resounding yes. We have a lot of questions for Jerome Betts coming up in the all bets are off segment. We'll be doing that right after this break. Stay tuned. Don't go anywhere. second segment it is friday you know what time it is it is time for all bets are off with jeremy jerome bets jeremy what's going on uh
1: not much well i guess a little bit more than normal i'm actually headed to a camp out for the weekend tonight so uh a little bit later on after we record i'll be heading out and uh just enjoying some summer weather and uh great outdoors a little bit getting away from work for a day There you go. I've always said, if I have a house, I want to use my
0: house. I'm not much of a camper myself, Uh, (laughs) but still, that sounds like a lot of fun. Um, Nonetheless, let's get right down to business. The black and gold, the Pittsburgh Steelers continue to press on throughout training camp. St. Vincent College has been really a ton of news, whether you're talking about quarterback information that's being put out there. Uh, We've had several BTSC members on site. But I want to talk to you first. You're an Ohio State fan, and the Steelers, the Jeremy McNichols era in Pittsburgh lasted, well, I think it was like a day. And yeah. then he got hurt, and he's on injured reserve, and they signed a guy named Master Teague Third, Master Teague. You're an Ohio State guy. He went to Ohio State. I don't know anything about this gentleman. So why don't you tell the listeners what they should expect or could expect from him now that he's a part of the Steelers?
1: Sure, Master Teague, uh, one of the best names in college football over the last few years. Obviously, <laughs> uh, you don't run across a name like Master uh, for uh, an everyday occurrence. But I will say this: the the guy has kind of one gear, and it's all out. Uh, he is a downhill runner, but he does it with extreme anger and extreme violence. He's a he's a violent one cut runner. Uh, he wasn't used in the passing game a lot at Ohio State, um, but then the Buckeyes did use a lot of downfield passing. The Big Ten's not, you know, if you don't run the football, uh, then you're passing it deep down the field. That's how a lot of the bigger, uh, better teams in the Big Ten play play their style. So uh, the last couple years, he has been uh, the main guy out of the backfield uh, for the Buckeyes, and really the he's he's just known to to be a straight line runner he's not going to juke you out in the hole a whole lot he's he's got good vision um but he's not somebody that would necessarily uh take a jeremy mcnichols type role in the offense that you would expect uh mcnichols to have filled when he was healthy so i don't necessarily know if the steelers brought him in to just compete for that rb2 spot he's got he's got more juice than a Benny Snell does, but he has that same type of, of angry running style. So I would say the guy's got a chance um, to, to be an interesting prospect moving forward. Uh, he did bring a lot to that Ohio state offense. They could just turn the ball and hand it off to him. And he's a ground and pound for four five or six yards kind of guy.
0: So everything you described of him is, is pretty much standard for, like you said, the big 10 football in Ohio state and, uh, he comes from Ohio State. The Steelers love Buckeyes in terms yes. of players, you know, as much as Michigan. Sorry, hate to say that, but they do like to <laughs> pick up some Ohio State Buckeyes from time to time. This guy was undrafted. Was picked up by the Bears. Uh, he didn't stay there long before being released. Why wasn't this guy drafted? You know, when you think about running backs and coming from Ohio State of all places, you would think that there would be a team that would say, ah, we'll take a late round flyer on this guy." What was? What was the cause for concern with most NFL teams as for why they didn't add him?
1: I think, I think a lot of it's just because he is a one trick pony. Uh, he okay. didn't do anything. Didn't provide any type of dual threat versatility as far as pass catcher uh, and runner out of the backfield. So, you know, there were some better talents in the middle rounds in the late rounds. I think you see a guy like Pierre strong out of uh, South Dakota state who had, Uh, more work in the passing game he was more versatile Um, you see guys that came out um, that just have maybe a a, a better skill set overall but you know Master Teague was was you turn it and you hand it off to him you don't ask him to do much else and I do not he wasn't also not their third down back so uh, he didn't handle pass blocking duty so he would have he would be very raw from a from a pickup pressures perspective and from a pass catching angle. So I would say that was probably why he did not get um, drafted. And also he did not uh, start for the team uh, for uh, any, for more than a couple of years. And in those, in that time, he was not the only running back in the backfield. So sharing backfield duties and uh, really a one trick pony. I think that's why you see that he was an undrafted free agent, maybe didn't fit in uh, Chicago where they've got a couple guys uh, that have more versatility. Any injuries to know about with him, any injury concerns? I don't believe so. I can't, I don't remember for sure, but uh, I would say that he's got um, a pretty clean bill of health. He might've had a few minor things here and there, but nothing major that sticks okay. out to me. So, all
0: right, great. Yeah. Now let's talk about what everyone's talking about. If you're the Pittsburgh Steelers and that is Deontay Johnson, DJ gets his deal two-year extension so a three-year new contract so to speak concluding this year 36.7 million 27 million guaranteed the early reports this is not Dave Schofield but early reports that I've seen online is that the salary cap hit in terms of breakdown I said this in the first half but I'll tell you about it now this year 7.3 next year 13.8 the year after that 2024 18.5 Jeremy, when you hear some of these numbers, and you hear about the deal in and of itself, let's let's just talk about financials
1: for a second. What were right. your thoughts? I thought it was exactly his value in the market, and I thought that uh, the Steelers got a deal by only having to sign him for two years. They kept their cap numbers down, I believe, and that allows them to, uh, or two extended years onto his contract. So um, they're not ponying up a bunch of money up front, but they're satisfying uh, a guy who would have been severely underpaid for the type of production that he was providing for the team this year. Um, And then they don't have to mess with the franchise tag, which can get messy, and the hold-in situation can turn into a hold-out situation really quick. And Mm -hmm. then you've got bad blood between team and player, and I don't think they wanted that. And I also think that uh, from a financial perspective, it allows them to continue to build around Trubisky or Pickett, um, this year and next, and, uh, be able to take care of some of their, um, in season needs that they will have, uh, coming up, uh, this year. So it made sense from both sides from a financial perspective. And, uh, I think really good deal, uh, for the Steelers specifically in this case.
0: What do you, what are your thoughts so far? And this is going to be more from a global perspective with the Steelers. And it's been a small sample size. Talked about this as well earlier with Omar Khan. You know, I mean, Omar Khan, he had his fingerprints all over the entire off season. even though he wasn't the right. GM. You talk about incentive laden deals to player a player like Mitch Trubisky. You talk about a three year deal to Jukes core for that really is just a one year deal. That Omar Khan's specialty is negotiating these deals, and now that he's a GM, you look at what he's done so far this off season getting Minka Fitzpatrick done well before training camp, Chris Boswell early in training camp, Deontay Johnson now done. And those were the three we all identified as contracts that needed to be done and addressed. He gets them all done before the first preseason game. Before we even talk about what that means for the team and the organization, what are your thoughts on Omar
1: Khan and what he's done so far? As a fan of the team, I love it, man. I think that he – he knows what he wants to go after, and he gets it done. And I don't think that the contractual side of things phases him at all. I think he's one of these guys that goes into goes into it. He he'll this is how kind of I'm, I imagine the conversation going is he he and Mike Tomlin sit down, and Mike Tomlin says, "Man, I really want this guy on my roster, or I really want this guy to be here long term." And Omar Khan says, "Okay, we'll make it happen." I know how to work this salary cap better than most. I know how to uh, get these players in place and I'm going to, I'm going to make it work. So I, you know, I just think that he, he follows the plan that's put in place for him. And I think he's going to be a little bit more aggressive of AGM because he doesn't, he doesn't necessarily, or he knows exactly what he's going to do with the money uh, because he's done it so, so long and so often. Um, The Omar Khan experience has been great. And I think, Jeff, you'd agree. We haven't seen an offseason this exciting from a a news standpoint uh, as far as transactions being made by the team in a long time. It it kind of reinvigorates everybody. I think that uh, as a fan base, it's, it's a nice change of pace.
0: It is a nice change of pace. and I think Omar Khan... We haven't seen the draft cycle. That's the only thing left. That's something that's right in your wheelhouse with the NFL draft. You and Andrew Wilbar and the Steelers fixed do such a great job with that. Uh, we're really anxious to see what this hit, what he has the scouting department doing. We know that's on his forte, so to speak. But I think he has right. built a pretty good team there. But when you think about this upcoming season, you talk about those three deals that we just mentioned: the Minka Fitzpatrick, Boswell, now Deontay Johnson. How important is it to you, in your opinion? To have those deals done before the first preseason game so that nothing's hanging over their head, no one's focused on on money and financials, how important is that to you?
1: Extremely, and I think especially from the perspective of the players getting in place and and just playing football and uh, not having that outside distraction, not having to worry about late night phone calls with the agent trying to figure things out as they go into game prep and into the season. I think it's a huge deal. And uh, you know, as far as bringing these guys in originally and keeping them here, they're doing everything that they can to eliminate those distractions. And I think for a young team that needs to focus on football and on their own individual development and uh, group development as a, as a unit, uh, it's a a huge boost to them to not have to worry about so and so is under contract talks, and I'm going to have to hear questions about it from the media, and I'm going to have to, uh, you know, as the player who's who's the subject of the uh, issue, if you will, uh, not have to worry about messing with that side of things. I can just focus on football. I think that's a huge deal.
0: Absolutely. Let's talk about training camp. That's not anyway tied to financial terms. Training camp, uh, they're in the midst of padded practices now. Week two's almost in the books. They're starting to look ahead to the first preseason game. Let's talk about one on offense, one on defense. What's a storyline? What's a narrative? Who's a player? Doesn't matter which way you want to go. One on each side of the football. Uh, What's something that's been notable for you? It can be
1: positive. It can be negative. Doesn't matter. I think I'll start on the defensive side, and I think it's Miles Jack. I think seeing... I, I saw an interview uh, that he did with uh, I think Scott Hansen and uh, Kurt Warner from yeah. the NFL network on their inside training camp live yesterday, I believe it was. And just to see or to hear him talk about um, coming to Pittsburgh and what that means to him and how it the reinvigoration that he's feeling from being in a new place. And um, you know the talent that we've seen him display, uh, he's made the Steelers look silly in a number of matchups that I can recall. And so having him on the black and gold side is really nice. And I think that if he can be a Ryan Shazier like athlete in the middle of the field, the Steelers are always best. They're always at their best on defense when they have that rangy middle linebacker that can take over games, either stopping the run or getting out in coverage and covering tight ends and making plays on the swing passes to running backs and just Flying all over the field, making plays on the ball. Miles Jack, if he's that guy, this defense looks a lot better this year than they did last year, especially from stopping the run and, and forcing teams to uh, use their passing game as a means to set up the run. And in that case, Miles Jack, his his ability to play both both directions like that is is going to be a huge boost. I think that that subtly and it also improves whoever's playing beside him, Devin Bush or Robert Spillane, whoever is being rotated in for whatever type of situation they're in, his ability to be the guy in the middle of the field is going to be huge. And he's not going to have to worry about being the face of the defense. That's T.J. Watt, that's Cam Hayward, that's Minka Fitzpatrick. So he can play free as well. I think if he is good this year, it totally takes this defense to a new level. Then on the offensive side, I'm just enamored with the, the two rookie wide receivers. I'm going to, I'm going to go with George Pickens because we've talked about him uh, a little bit on this show since I've started doing it with you. And uh, just the fact that he's got every ability in the world to be the best receiver on this team very quickly. And I think that we're seeing that play out in that, in the fact that he makes the quarterbacks look good. The ball can be anywhere in his vicinity and he's likely the one to, to bring it down. Um, And he he's showing that he can run more routes than just be a deep uh, speed guy on the outside. And I think that that type of versatility was something that the team wanted to to see. And I think we also are seeing that he's not hampered by any thoughts of injury. And uh, that's a huge deal for a player to have that confidence. He oozes that confidence. And I think that he's going to be a stud player in this offense very quickly. He's got all the talent maybe more so of a Martavis Bryant. And I think he's going to put it together a lot quicker than Martavis Bryant did.
0: That's great stuff, man. Miles Jack. Yeah. he's been, he's been getting rave reviews working with Brian Flores, the rookies. They're going to be exciting to watch. I want to ask you about the quarterbacks. We're going to save that for next week because when we'll be gearing up for the first uh, preseason game. And that'll be worth our time at that time. But Jeremy, why don't you give everyone a chance to talk about your social media, what you might be working on with the website as well as, your
1: Steelers fix podcast and what you all be talking about coming up. Go ahead. Absolutely. You can follow me on Twitter at the bets93 T-H-E-B-E-T-Z 93. And then uh for the website, we're we're doing the fantasy profiles. I think Deontay Johnson's coming out soon, uh, after the contract stuff is done, getting that uh that profile in place and still just working in the fantasy football side of things, and then um we're gonna get into uh some just some Steelers team articles uh here soon and I, i'm not necessarily planning anything specific yet but we're we're gonna get into it and then catch the steelers fix every week uh we're doing sleepers right now for fantasy football and as we get a little closer to the actual season we're gonna uh we're gonna get more in line with who's who's startable players and who you need to be having on your bench um those types of things so stick with the steelers fix and then you can follow me on twitter i'm following training camp closely and uh just trying to keep uh, keep a, a, a very sharp eye on what's going on in the Steelers as they prepare for the 2022 season. Fantastic, Jeremy.
0: Thank you, as always. Have a great weekend. Have fun out there in the wilderness.
1: Thanks, man. You have a good week. Right. See ya.
0: A big thank you, as always, to Jeremy Jerome Betts, taking the time every Friday to be on the show to talk about all things Pittsburgh Steelers. It's always good to talk to someone else about the black and gold. Jerome does great stuff on the Steelers fix as well as on the website behind the steel So make sure you check those out. Let's finish this up with a heart to heart as we do every Friday. It's crazy. It is crazy folks, but you know what happened on Thursday night, Thursday night, NFL football came back. Now you might not have watched the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Las Vegas Raiders play in the hall of fame game, but that does, that's not what's important. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the fact that the Pittsburgh Steelers are coming up. They're going to have some games soon. But the NFL football, NFL football is back, baby. It is back. From now until February, I think it's the second week in February now, there will not be a week without some NFL football. Preseason, don't care. There will be football on. If you're a football junkie like me, and I've said this before on multiple podcasts, I can watch that. Let me, let me rephrase. There's no other professional sports league that I can watch any team play other than the NFL. I can, I love watching my penguins, the penguins play. I like watching the pirates. I'm a pirates fan, but I'm not watching a baseball game in the middle of the summer. I'm not sitting down and tuning into a, a West coast battle or Western conference battle between the avalanche and the Edmonton Oilers. May some people might, but I'm not. In the NFL, I'll yeah, I'll probably watch some preseason football if the Ravens are on because I live in that area. Might tune in, see what's going on. I just love NFL football. I love NFL football, and it is back. I hope you're excited. I'm excited. We should all be ready to go and gearing up. Just as a reminder, behindthesteelcurtain.com should be your one-stop shop for all things Steelers. We have it all there in one. So make sure you check out that website early and often. And also wherever you get your podcast, remember our network is so much more than just my Monday, Wednesday, Friday show. Check out our whole morning, noon, and p.m. lineup. You will not be disappointed. We have a show for everyone, whether it's what Yin's talking about, which ran on Thursday at noon. It is hysterical, two comedians giving their take on the social media surrounding the Steelers. If you want the deep dive of the Steelers' stats, you can talk about Dave Schofield's stat geek. If you want something that's a little bit more easygoing and just fun, check out the Steelers' preview or the Tony uh, six-pack with Tony We have something for everyone. So check those out wherever you get your podcasts or Steelers or behind the steel curtain. You can subscribe, follow, whatever you have to do so that you don't miss a thing. All right, folks, that does it for me. I'm traveling this weekend. Got to go back. Got to go back to the grind. But still, have a great weekend. And as we always finish it out, be safe, be kind, and God bless. Go Steelers. We'll talk to you on Monday.
1: Burn it all